0: everybody. Welcome back to this latest episode of Cloud Wars Live. This is the podcast where we are digging into the digital revolution and the extraordinary changes taking place in our personal lives, our business lives, and any space that might exist in between those. We're delighted today to have with us Jürgen Muller, who is a member of SAP's executive board and is the chief technology officer. Jürgen, welcome. Good to have you. Bob, thanks for having me. Jürgen, it's always interesting as I speak to guests on this show, people, uh, executives like you in this business traveling the world. Where are you today? Uh, Today,
1: I'm I'm in Berlin, actually, here in our wonderful SAP office. Last week, I spent physically in Silicon Valley, dedicated to generative AI. It feels like every week is a generative AI week these days, (laughs) but this one was physically in Silicon Valley to catch up with some of the thought leaders in that space.
0: Well, uh, Jürgen, that's wonderful. We sure want to get into some of those conversations too. And these days, uh, right? It seems Gen AI pops pops to the top of every conversation. But one of the things that's fascinating about, you know, what you're leading in the technology organization is SAP is it's got to be put in the context of so many other things. So I wonder, Jürgen, your conversations around the world with SAP's customers, what are their priorities? And how do those conversations roll out in terms of what they'd like to see from SAP? Yeah,
1: our customers, of course, they look at it from a business lens. And that's also how we like to position that. Um, they, of course, given uh, current concerns, they look at efficiencies in the business, but still they also look at disruptions in the supply chain. They are all independent of industry. They have the goal to be uh, extremely um, ethical and sustainable. And then of course, uh, the topic of generative AI, you can imagine it is part of every conversation in the moment because many of our customers, all companies in the world now think about, well, how does that impact me? And they check in with all these strategic suppliers and all these strategic leaders in that space like SAP to say, And ask, what will you deliver? Yeah, And these are the discussions we are having.
0: Jürgen, could you talk a little bit more about that? Because it's interesting, right? I imagine if you speak with the CEO of a pharmaceutical company or an industrial company or retail company, that's going to be different maybe than the conversation. Or is it different from the conversation you'd have with a CIO or the CTO at one of those companies? How are those discussions playing out?
1: And they are partially different, partially the same. Of course, CEOs have the uh, very big picture and strategic uh, perspective, but also they understand that IT, in quotation marks, is extremely critical for them to meet their business objectives. I just earlier today spoke to a logistics company. And IT is front and center. Yeah. You speak to a healthcare company, IT is front and center. Pharma, consumer products, retail... Um, And therefore, we see um, actually a renaissance of IT being front and center. And now with generative AI, that comes um, on top. And the difference to maybe the past is that actually now it's IT plus business.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And Jürgen, I think that's uh, certainly something, that this powerful move, right? It was a few years ago when you'd hear CIOs talking about, you know, well, The job of the IT organization is to support the business, but that put forward the premise that IT and the business were separate. I think they're, as you've just described, they're becoming fused today. Is is that how you're seeing it?
1: Yes, you see more and more really so-called fusion teams where IT and business um, come together. And what we then of course see is that also partners being at uh, system integrators, for example, and um, companies like SAP, we actually join that. And
0: this is where mirac- miracles can happen.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's true, right? When you we stop seeing things as like, well, this is my narrow view of it from IT, or this is my narrow view of it from uh, the CFO office. Instead, what is it that the world outside wants us to do? And how do we need to change internally to keep up with that? Uh, that's where the miracles happen. Yeah,
1: and I've been to Sweden a couple of weeks ago, uh, meeting uh, some of our largest customers there. And uh, CFO, veteran, more than 30 years in that profession, um, told me they just rolled out SAP Analytics Cloud.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And then it was super interesting. He actually said, actually, I I need to give you some feedback. And he had a two-minute build-up phase of what that feedback is supposed to be. And then he said, So let me actually share that feedback with you. I don't know how we could have lived without that before. And yeah. that is then, this is like heartwarming um, when, when you hear that, that <clears throat> technology really has such a positive impact that, for example, the CFO can have a holistic understanding of the uh, finances of a company, being it cash flow or profit or other dimensions working capital, um, and then really can go deep into different di- divisions, et cetera. And you have real time information and that really helps them making better decisions and not spending like 50%, 80% of their time with preparing data. And that is then that is where we as SAP are really happy when we can help businesses and humans, people to actually have a better life.
0: Uh, yeah. that. Uh... You know, wasn't, again, you're right all that long ago when what IT did in some ways, you know, touched hundreds of millions of people around the world, but almost exclusively in a business context. Now what you're doing is billions of people every day in pretty much every facet of our lives. It's it's a remarkable change and it, it has to uh, help evolve how you think about the world, right? As chief technology officer for one of the world's preeminent technology companies, you are you thinking past, well, this is my industrial company or retail customer. I need to think about their customers as well.
1: Exactly. Um, I recently checked, so we have uh, 300-ish million enterprise users working regularly with SAP, so roughly 4% of the world's population are regular SAP users. So we can directly impact them, to your point. And then, of course, um, these are 87% of the world trade, roughly. So um, these are the people we impact uh, indirectly. And then, of course, you have all the customers and partners. Think about sustainability. Um, You need to capture the supply chain. And you need to work with your partners upstream and downstream in the supply chain. So um, this is what we what we see, and this is also what what motivates us so much. And now uh, you asked do we? How do we see SAP once um, are going forward? We really see that we can help companies um, running better, operating better. Um, one example again, taking generative uh, AI. Um, we do have twenty four thousand customers today using AI from SAP, mm-hmm. and we are building on top of that now with generative AI. And what we see is that we can companies, we can help companies today. We can help them with their operations, getting their their business, their day-to-day business done. But also um, we can actually help them in in a network of companies because they work with other companies. And always, of course, as the chief technology officer, I'm super excited of what we offer with the business technology platform, we can really help companies be more efficient and and act faster, better, make better decisions, being it by having the best integration capabilities. Most of them are SAP to non-SAP integrations. Data management, super important. Then um, it's about building extensions to SAP. Mm -hmm. We um, announced something in the area of um, generative AI for building extensions in the coding space. Or also, of course, analytics. I mentioned one example, where also we have already um, announced, and in beta, um, Mm. a solution such that you can interact in a very natural language way with with your data. And these are all like, it can seem like small construction sites, but they make such a difference Um, We open up SAP more and more. We launched SAP Datasphere um, as the one um, um, position, one area to access SAP data um, from. And we are opening up by having also strategic partnerships. Mm -hmm. Um, Also last week, um, it was in the same week, I joined Google Cloud Next. Um, We do have a partnership with Google. On, um, on their um, technologies to accessing data, BigQuery, for example. Um, but also, for example, Databricks, and we partner with them. For um, cataloging, we have a partnership with Colibra. Um, we have various machine learning partnerships. Always, you mentioned that in the beginning, looking at technology from a customer lens, yes, and we are successful if we help that customer being successful. And that drives a lot of momentum around SAP. In BTP, for example, the business technology platform, more than 20,000 live customers in the cloud now. Uh So that is amazing what is going on.
0: Yeah. Uh, Jürgen, it sounds like, you know, there's plenty of things to keep you busy uh, these days. And, you know, in that context, I wanted to ask all these great modern digital cloud forward-looking things going on with SAP. But if I'm a... SAP traditional customer using the on-premise systems. I guess on the one hand, I can say, hey, this has worked really well for 20, 30 years. I, you know, uncertain economic times. I'm just going to stick tight with what I have. But part of what it seems like SAP is trying to gently but firmly tell its customers is there is this wave of innovation over here, but you've got to come to the cloud to be able to experience that. Um, How are those conversations going? Yeah, these are very interesting,
1: very good conversations. Um, as you mentioned, that the largest competition that we we face in these situations are very well implemented SAP systems, mm-hmm. um, traditional SAP systems. But the world also has has moved uh, on with S/4HANA built explicitly for HANA we provide so many capabilities like embedded analytics for example but also um, things have evolved further and you ask about um, cloud versus uh, on-premise we now have enough experience to to say that um, comparing also S4HANA on-premise customers with S4HANA customers that use uh, RISE with SAP And we do see that those customers in Rise with SAP are on later versions. They have fewer modifications. They um, have adapted their business processes mostly or mostly as well. And that makes a difference. And this is why we now say we do have a preferred reference architecture that we put out. And that is clearly Rise with SAP. Um, It is S4HANA Cloud, but also a few other components, for example, Signavio. To helping customers um, looking at their end-to-end business processes and the business process transformation as well mm. or the business network or the business um, technology platform for building extensions for example, on the platform having a clean core. Um, and then we now um, made the decision to not offer everything for on-premise customers anymore and that was an is an, a larger discussion but I can use this moment here to explain that a little bit. In theory, from a technical perspective, we could offer everything for everyone, but the likelihood that an on-prem system is very customized Mm. and modified. So the the likelihood is very high. So let's now say generative AI, um, and we have a use case um, within finance, the likelihood therefore that our gen AI solution will plug and play work with an on-prem system is very low so what then happens is of course the customer will somehow make it work they will have partners to somehow make it work but actually that even reduces the ability to get to later versions Mm -hmm. so we want to avoid that customers dig themselves um, into into any holes and we really therefore say we have a preferred reference architecture that we give out. And that when I when I share that with analysts, with customers, with partners, they say, hmm, you didn't have that in the past. But actually it makes a lot of sense.
0: Yeah. yeah. And then of course
1: we help them getting there.
0: Jürgen, that uh that whole notion about it's almost like the two worlds, they're not colliding, but one, the two worlds are separating, right? For a while, up until almost like this, you know, Gen AI revolution, the on-prem customers could sort of get almost a lot of what they wanted, but that's separating now. I, I see this role of Gen AI. It's gotta be a big incentive for customers to say, I could run my business efficiently as it is using on-prem, but if I want to get to be able to experience all this innovation and to be able to move as fast as my customers are moving, I probably need to make this big leap into the cloud. Is that fair? That That is fair.
1: Um, and as I said, we see it as a reference architecture, um, and the likelihood of success is much, much higher yeah. by having a few, not many, but a few guardrails Um and of course, aspiring towards a clean core such that we can have and the customers on later releases as well. Because especially for me as the chief technology officer, I mean, what, what is my objective? I want to put amazing technologies, amazing applications um, that we support with our technologies into the hands of our customers. And if they are five years behind or three years behind, Yeah. It's, it's not the same.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, Jorgen, I wanted to ask you uh, one other question here related to Gen AI, and then um, I'm going to offer it up to you for the last word. But um, I wonder if you could just go back into the sort of minds of the customers these days as they think about Gen AI uh, and the conversations you have with them. Are they seeing this as a way to do a little bit better what they've done in the past? Or are they looking at this as a way to crack open entirely new business opportunities and new revenue streams and new ways of engaging with customers? So could you talk a little bit about, about the mindset that you're uh, seeing within some customers who are ready to you know, jump into this crazy new world of Gen AI?
1: Uh, we, we do see both. I would say 80% doing better what we do so far. And also then if, if you're thinking about what, what disruption could this actually bring? And in every boardroom, Gen.AI is a discussion in the moment, um, but even going to uh, Silicon Valley, talking to everyone, um, a lot of people there, um, it's, it's not completely solved. We are still at the beginning of that uh, revolution. So to industrialize that process into making it very easy, not just the first case, building in general AI case is very simple, but this is less than 5% of the effort. Um, with a, a, a crew of people, eight and a half years ago, I started narrow AI at SAP. Uh-huh. And uh, we have enough experience that the initial case is 5%, maybe if you have a company, 10% of the overall effort in the life cycle and industrializing that that is something um, where um, actually it's good that we can build on top of so many experiences we have that will keep many companies busy. And that is also why for the very, very broad portfolio of SAP and very deep, many different industries, actually they look at at us, how can we help them? And we have announced like a dozen ish gen AI cases. We are working on many, many, many more um, internally and um, at SAP um, TechEd, that is in November, we will, we will show more what we are doing. Um, that is a, an area where customers look at us. So how can SAP with this broad and deep portfolio embed Gen AI into all of these solutions, all the applications, and also all the technologies? And that that is a very, very interesting discussion with our customers. What we also do as SAP, we are working on a digital assistant to making all SAP applications easily accessible. We include that in our SAP start offering. And therefore, it becomes very easy. For example, if you think about workflows and approvals, you can get simple things done very easily. So actually, it will change how our end users, 300 million um, today, Uh how they will be using SAP also all kind of analytical questions, you will be able to directly ask that digital assistant. And then it's interesting because that technology is so so new, actually they ask quite a bit on how we do it. Mm -hmm. You could assume, hey, they consume it as software as a service or our business technology platform, the SAP centric pass um, offering, but they are actually interested in in how we do it, also for ethical reasons, actually. And, And what we are doing is, We use the um, narrow AI components that we have in our business technology platform. More than 130 AI use cases already there. I mentioned it, 24,000 customers using that. And we are adding um, generative AI capabilities to that. We give access to large language models. Um, We are building uh, security capabilities into that, observability capabilities into that. Because with all new opportunities, of course, also uh, new risks and security risks arise. So therefore, um, and that, that they like a lot. They like that they can rely on an SAP. Um, we are enabling all, all our people. Um, just this week, we finalized our Generative AI Enablement Day for 50,000 people. Um, Role-based, um, different depending on which role you have. Um, And they also like that we are open. So we are looking at every use case and then see which model actually works best. So we work with multiple models. We have made multiple um, strategic investments in Cohere, in Entrophic, in Aleph-Alpha. We have AI partnerships, of course, with OpenAI, Microsoft, with Google, with Databricks, with IBM, with DataRobot, and many more um, to follow. Um, And we really pick the right model for the right use case. Um, and then, as I mentioned, this industrialization, what happens if you change the base model? Mm-hmm. What happens if you retrain a system with new data sets? You, of course, want to validate that it still works. When we build for example, job posting um, assistance for writing job postings, then, of course, you still want to have a proper job post. Um, so these are things that that are discussions, um, and I'm very proud about our team because it reacted very fast. Um, we have many, many use
0: cases um, announced, even more in the pipeline. Yeah, it uh, it sounds like a remarkable time, you know, for for uh, your customers, for your company, Jürgen, and and your teams there. Uh, I, I do think it's funny at different points over the last. 10 or 20 years you hear people say, well we're getting to the end of technology right there's nothing more new can be invented. I, I always laugh at that. it sounds different there but you let me as um, we wrap up here let me turn it over to you for the last word anything that's top of mind with you that you'd like to share um,
1: I would like to share the point of uh, data management. Mm-hmm. All companies have data management challenges independent how they approach this topic. And uh, a for the industry, I want to emphasize that data is extremely important. Without um, that, also many of the Gen AI cases become harder to implement. And in course, uh, for everyone interested in SAP, we launched uh, SAP Data Sphere in March this year, and that uh, has a lot of traction um, as being that one layer where actually data can be accessed from in a remote manner. So we built this on top of SAP HANA Cloud and with federation in mind. So no customer I'm aware of is successful with the central data lake. The efforts of bringing data together in their heterogeneous uh, application landscape are just too big. Mm -hmm. And therefore, we firmly believe that data federation will be the prevailing uh, method of how to accessing data. And um, this is where we as SAP play um, very nicely in that ecosystem because many customers are somehow forced to exporting data and then doing all, redoing all the semantics of data mm-hmm. that is not necessary anymore. Um, and customers, CIOs, CDOs, um, chief data officers should, should not accept that anymore. And uh, we are more than, than willing to work with them in in this new area of proper data management, of natural language analytics on top, of generative AI in all their applications.
0: Yeah, everything coming together, uh, Jürgen, at, uh, to for a very exciting future here, it sounds like. Well, Juergen Muller, uh, CTO, executive board member at SAP, thank you so much for this update on the exciting things going on with your company. Bob, thanks a lot. All right, folks, thanks to all of you for being with us here on this episode of Cloud Wars Live. We've been speaking with Jürgen Muller, Chief Technology Officer and Executive Board Member at SAP. We'll be back again soon.